1: Mannequin Chill is back. It is week nine. And this week we are going to pivot away from talking about individual players for the most part. And everybody that goes, oh, I just want to hear about values of this player or trades involving that player. This isn't going to be your show. Today we are going to talk about the motivation to get deals done or in other terms, the value of just getting trades done during the season can be even off season, but getting deals done When it makes sense for the direction of your team or getting deals done, when you need to get a deal done, and the value of just making the deal instead of holding out and saying, man, I need to trade for more, or I just can't accept that, or it's not exactly what I want. Therefore, I'm going to do nothing, and why that can hurt you. So, I think both of us have played in enough leagues, we've made enough trades to where we see value in just getting deals done, and why it makes sense to have a reputation in your leagues. Of being the person that's willing to get a deal done, even if you got to work at it. So welcome in. What do you think on this topic? Because I know you're very easy to work with, especially because you're very transparent about what you're usually trying to do. Typically, I'm the same way. Maybe I don't come right out with it as fast as you do, but I'll generally tell you, like, here is what I'm trying to do. If not, that reflects in the offer that I'm sending you. You can usually tell what I'm trying to get done. So what do you think on this topic?
0: I like this topic. Uh, Otherwise, I wouldn't be on the show. So generally, I like your ideas because you're a pretty smart dude, in case anyone wasn't aware. One of the simplest questions I think people always forget to ask themselves is, what is the purpose of this trade? Like, does this trade actually serve any purpose? Now, look, Clay talks about it all the time. Sometimes he likes to just make up trades to make trades because he thinks that'll get the rest of the league moving and it'll grease the skids or skid the greases, whatever the saying is. I don't know. I don't particularly buy into that, but I do like that. Anytime you make a deal, there should be some type of purpose behind it. You shouldn't be just making a deal just to make a deal. Like there should actually be a thought process behind it. That, that's, I guess, my first thought on the matter. As far as being transparent, unfortunately, that's just how I am in real life. oh I eat. Okay. I eat dinner at some point. Some, It's usually a microwave type of meal. So I don't really have that ability to not be like that in Dynasty, which is one of the reasons that I don't particularly enjoy when someone reaches out to me and starts talking about players. They're like, how do you value this? What do you think of that? Like, as far as a trade, like, that's why like I just want you to set me an offer and I'm going to tell you exactly what I want, which could hurt me in the trade, but you know, whatever. I, a lot of, I get a lot of deals done for whatever it's worth. People seem to think they're good deals for me most of the time. And not many people ever come to me and say, well, that was a terrible offer. Well, once in a while, I still get those, but I've already ventured off on the topic that I'm not even sure that I've answered any of your question.
1: Well, I mean, I'm just thinking of scenarios where it's week nine, we're in the midst of a season where there's been a lot of injuries. I think we're finally to a point where most teams know what direction they want to go. And I think we can both agree that regardless of where your team stands, most circumstances, and we've talked about both failed contenders and we've talked about hammers that we want to buy. So we've talked on Mannequin Chill this year about situations where you're going in both directions. But generally speaking, regardless of where you say you want your team to go, there's always a move that you can make that just pushing your team towards the direction you want to go is beneficial. And I don't think a lot of people realize that or even analyze it to that degree, which is okay. Not everybody plays Dynasty for that exact reason. But what I think a lot of people end up doing is they will react Or they will act when they're discussing trades in one fashion, but they have no clue the reasoning behind it. And what it appears to be on the surface is just they're difficult to deal with. I'll give an example. I have a team where it's a best ball league. I'm tanking. Now, there's a couple nuances. So we're not going to get into the nuances of necessarily how the draft picks are determined and is there a consolation prize and all that kind of stuff. Like you got to do that assessment for yourself as to how hard you really want to tank or what you want to hold back. If there's no trade deadline and there's a consolation prize, then maybe you don't just gut your entire roster. Now, if it's a league where it's potential points and you get the 101, if you have the lowest and there's no incentive to do anything other than that, then you know have at it. But once you've done that assessment, we had a week where we had a lot of injuries and now we have a lot of buys, especially at the quarterback position. And there's quarterbacks that become available for just spot starts, right? And it's almost like in that league specifically, I had a bunch of them because I've been stashing them. I've been kind of hoarding extra quarterbacks. And so I go out to the market and I don't even approach it as listen, I know you're screwed because it's best ball too, where you need probably three quarterbacks every week. You, you really don't want to be only stabbing one or having two. It's not like a lineup league. You want to have four or five options every week. So it's valuable to have even the backup QBs that are only starting for one game, right? So everyone kind of knows the price on those guys. So I go to the market and I say, hey, I have three of those spot starters this week because I was hoarding a bunch of QBs. And I'm already coming at it as give me what's fair, not give me what's the overvalue price where I know you're screwed. So I'm going to tax you on what you have to pay. Give me a third for Taylor Heineke. Give me a fourth for the Brett Rippins or the Tyson Badgeants of the world, you know, PJ Walker. Give give me the the lowest common denominator price for those guys. And I'm already sending the deal out because guess what? It benefits me to get those couple extra assets in a best ball league that I may be able to turn into just a random dart throw receiver next year, but I can also go pick up more players off the waiver wire. I send out a couple deals to the teams that clearly need to have more than one or two quarterbacks this week. And immediately people start haggling me. "Ah, I can't pay a third for that guy. Only going to give you a fourth, right? And I guarantee it because I've experienced on the other end, Shane, when I need one of those guys and I go to one of those teams, they ain't selling me Taylor Heineke for a third. It's got to be a second, you know, two thirds. Like I'm going to get haggled on the other end when I'm trying to buy. But then when I'm trying to sell, it's like, are you really haggling me over a fourth for Brett Rippin? You got to counter with a fifth. How does that benefit them? Is it negotiating down from that fourth to fifth really going to help? Or is what it's going to do is just not get the deal done, right? The goal for me is just to get the fair deal done. And you can debate whether it's fair or not, but I think most people would say that's probably a pretty fair valuation, a one week starting QB for a fourth. The fact that somebody would counter with a fifth, or even if it's like a Josh Dobbs or a Heineke that could start for a month still mm-hmm. haggling for a fourth instead of a third, you know, there you're actually just going to Kill a trade. You're going to hurt a trade partner. And I'm not petty because I have 50 leagues. I really don't care if you're going to haggle. I'm just going to walk away and I'll go to the next person. But that could also ruin future trade relationships where it's like, you know what? When I see Shane is acting that way in a deal, guess what I'm going to do next time? Instead of sending Shane the offer first, I'm going to send it to the other four people first. Like, I'm not going to come to you because I don't want to deal with it. And I think people lose the sight of like, neither of us is paying anything more than what's fair, but we both win because of the deal. And I just don't think a lot of people see it that way. And then when this rules are reversed, they try to gouge. And then they end up just eating the Tyson Badgen or Brett Ripon, and they say he sits on their roster and then he expires next week and then they got nothing. So talk about it.
0: There's a couple of things going on there, right? People feel the need to say that they've want to trade no matter how insignificant the trade is. And I say ign- insignificant because I'm saying we're not trading like this isn't a Jamar Chase for something trade, right? obviously you want to win that trade. I'm talking about a trade here where it's like, yeah, does it really matter if you give up a third or a fourth on the contrary? You know, we've been speaking to someone that's, that's, tanking a couple people that are tanking and they keep coming um they ask us about selling players and these are insignificant players these aren't building blocks these are just players that are on your roster right now scoring points they're not long-term assets and they're reluctant to sell them for a fourth and i'm talking like you know deontay foreman type players like just trade them like what are you doing like again there's a purpose behind that you're trading them to get points off your, your your roster does it matter if it's a third or a fourth there's no real difference there in value but People like to win trades. they want they want to feel like they've won every trade. I look at it differently, like what's my objective? That's how I determine if I won the trade or not. The objective is, these folks should want to add a quarterback to their roster because they need it, <laughs> right? They're getting an offer to do it cheap, but for some reason, they feel the need to do it even cheaper. There's really no need for that. I don't see a need to haggle between a third and a fifth round pick. When we start getting in the second round picks. Obviously, the value is a little bit different.
1: You hit on a very good point. People feel the need to win a trade. And the whole point of me bringing this topic is when I can sell Brett Ripon for a fourth, and you can get a starting quarterback for one week for a fourth, forget about what happens after that. Brett Ripon could start the rest of the year and I could lose. I could have maybe got a third if I would have waited, right? right? He could also go out, only start one game, score six points, not hit your lineup and the team that gave away the fourth, they also lost. But both people benefit by making the deal in the first place because they're aligning the bet of the side of the trade they got with the direction of their team. The win was just getting the deal done for both sides. Now, if the person that needs a QB knows that there's six other people willing to sell a QB for cheaper, then of course, go play the market. But what I see end up happening in a lot of these deals is they won't buy the Brett Rippin from me for for a fourth, right? Then they just don't buy a quarterback at all. That shows me that every other person they're trying to deal with, they're also haggling. They won't give up a third for Heineke. They won't give up a fourth for Tyson Badgen. They, they're trying to nickel and dime every person that they're dealing with, which just tells me they're actually hurting their own team because they're not aligning their bets with what the objective of their roster is. So I think it's it's your statement about you got to win the trade. If it's a big trade, I get it. If I'm cashing out on a big name player, I'm a little more okay with somebody saying, all right, I want to get X amount of value, right? Or I want to get the right kind of deal. But when we're talking these mundane, buying a player for the rest of the season, buying a spot start, if I'm the guy that's hoarded 15 backup quarterbacks, and then they need one in a given week, do people almost feel like like they're almost a little salty that they didn't do that and they just don't want to acquiesce to giving me the free pick for something that I picked up off waivers. Is there some bias in there where it's like, Man, I don't want to reward you for you know getting to trade away Tyson Badgett for a fourth? You know, like I don't want to reward you for that, so I'm just gonna lowball you. And if I don't get a deal done, I don't get a deal done. Is there some some hard feelings on stuff like that when you're talking about kind of putting your tail between your legs and saying, Man, I- sucks I lost Kirk Cousins. I now have to go buy Taylor Heineke.
0: I would hope not. So I can only speak from my mindset, right? My mindset, I deal with people I don't even particularly like. Well, that's not really many people, but I'll deal with anyone. I don't really hold grudges in in trades. You're in 50 plus leagues. I'm in 33. And even if I was only in... Four. I sincerely doubt that I would hold a grudge against someone because then I'm just cutting my nose off to spite my face. I'm really just hurting
1: well, me. Not a grudge against the people. The grudge against the strategy or the situation. So you're saying it's not even a, a, a grudge against the situation. It's just, it's what? What is it?
0: I think it's people not understanding context either. Like it's getting in that whole, I have to win every trade deal or I, every deal has to be a negotiation. Everything has to be haggled out. Which again, in big trades, I understand. But in little trades, when you're trying to make a move, just just to get a start quarterback for that week for example or starting running back whatever it really doesn't matter again it doesn't matter if you're giving up a third or a fourth it really doesn't next year during the rookie draft you're not going to care that you don't have a fourth round draft pick I would hope.
1: Does it change if the price is a little bit higher? We're talking thirds and fourths. I think a lot of people listening to this will say, yeah, man, if you're not willing to give up a third for a spot start, even if it's not a good player, it's just a spot start quarterback or a spot start running back. I think a lot of people would realize, okay, I'm willing to do that. Yeah.
0: And that's what I was going to say. If I'm competing with you, depends on the type of player, what the the deal is, what the return is, but I'm more likely, especially third and fourth, I'm I'm more likely not to deal to you unless you completely overpay, because I don't want you... to do well it's different if you're trying to trade for tyler badger from me you can have him he's a trash can you're gonna start him in your lineup and you're gonna go "I, i that really sucked i can't believe that just happened but if it's a legitimate quarterback that i think that's gonna put up points like tyler heineke taylor whatever his name is i'm not gonna sell him to you at all like if you can get a quarterback from someone else cool but i hope that you have to hurt yourself to do it i hope that you know all the low-end options, you can't get any. And then you have to give up an actual significant piece to go get that quarterback so that you're actually kind of hurting yourself too for a short-term gain.
1: Now, will you explain to somebody that if they're asking you, hey, that's a fair offer I just gave you for Taylor Heineke and, and you declined it? Because I feel like a lot of these responses don't warrant explaining, meaning I don't need to hear the logic about why you won't sell me Brett Rippen for a fourth. Like if you're going to, if you have to have a third <laughs> or vice versa, then I, I mean, I don't even care about your reasoning. Cause I think it's unreasonable, but will you explain this to people like, Hey man, we're competing. You're also trying to make the playoffs. We're probably going to be competing for, you know, the last playoff spot or we're fighting for who's going to get the buy. And I, I really, you know, as much as I don't really like Mac Jones, I'm not selling him to you for a second. Cause you're desperate. And just cause he's on my bench, like, will you lay that out to somebody?
0: No, I have absolutely no impetus or no obligation to explain anything to anyone. Now, if someone asks, Again, I'll explain to them like, well, we're competing and I want you to fall on your face. And I I hope that your team, the rest of your team goes on the IR too. And I I don't like you, you know what I mean? But if you don't ask, I, I, I don't feel the need to tell you. I would hope that you would infer like, oh, wait, me and Shane are competing. There's a reason I generally don't go to people that I'm competing with directly for playoff positioning for trades. Like there's a few leagues that I'm in first and I don't go to the person in second and go, hey, let's see what we can make happen here. You know what I mean? But I will go to the teams in fifth, sixth, because even if they're playoff contenders, I don't see them as significant or true competition. If I'm in first, they're they they're kind of just struggling to get along. So I, those are the folks that I actually try to ch- try to make deals with besides just the bottom feeders and take their best
1: players. Is that only at a certain threshold where what you think would be you would be trading them could matter?
0: Right. Like I said, if someone wants Tyler Badgett, you can have him.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Do that assessment of where those lines are and where the line is with the teams that you're trading with. But I mean, ultimately, when you're making these types of deals, we're not talking about big deals where, you know, another contender in your league is coming to you and wanting to make a significant deal that's involving significant players and or picks. But when you're just talking about spot starts, when you're just talking about, hey, I need something for this week, you know, what's the price? I generally operate under whatever's fair is what I'm going to go with. And a lot of people just say, well, whatever's fair, I'm going to add 20%. And that's what I'm going to charge because I know you need it. And I guess maybe if that's how you want to play, fine. But I generally think think that that doesn't benefit either person. And really the goal of getting the deal done, especially if you're you're at the bottom and someone else is at the top or vice versa, just getting a deal done that exchanges assets that could help both teams in their current situation is where the real value is. So message, do not haggle on those types of trades. And if you are, have a method behind it other than I'm just going to haggle because I don't like giving somebody else something for free. You know, we live in an altruistic society still. So act that way. And I think it'll help you down the road getting other deals done. Good luck. Uh, we're down the home stretch. Of the season we got six weeks left before most fantasy playoffs start start making your moves we'll see you next week on our live stream on tuesday night and it can chill out